Are you ready? Welcome to a special Grey Cup edition of the Around the CFL podcast. AP here with you and it's both exciting yet sad times right now. Exciting because Grey Cup 109 is about to go down between the Toronto Argonauts and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Sad because this is the last CFL football game until late May or early June of 2023. We also have a little bit of news to get you caught up on for the week. The Calgary Stampeders have already begun working on 2023 by re-signing a number of key players, most notably Canadian kicker Rene Paredes. The 37-year-old Venezuelan-born indicated after the season that there was a 50-50 chance he would retire. The Concordia product has been working towards a career outside of football as a firefighter. Paredes led the league in scoring with 211 points this season with a CFL best 54 field goals. He has won two Grey Cups with the red and white and was named the CFL's most outstanding special teams player in 2013. The CFL also announced on Friday that they will be making massive changes to the postseason schedule in 2023, moving all playoff games up to the East and West Final matchups to Saturday instead of the traditional Sunday. During the season, games are Saturdays to not compete with the NFL, so I believe moving playoff games as well will be very positive for the league and, of course, for the ratings. Also, Winnipeg Blue Bombers quarterback Zach Caleros will indeed start the 109th Grey Cup game despite suffering an ankle injury late in the West Final versus BC. The 34-year-old missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday morning due to the injury. The CFL's most outstanding player nominee said at the media scrum that he's ready and he's ready to play. Well, it's officially Grey Cup week. (laughs) How many times can we say Grey Cup in one podcast? Which means all the festivities that go along with it. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. The CFL awards were handed out, and there weren't many surprises in my opinion. Zach Caleros and Nathan Rourke both made history, and of course the Bombers completely cleaned up. Starting off with the most outstanding player, it was Winnipeg's QB1, Zach Caleros, for a second consecutive season, earning 47 of 50 first place votes. He became the fifth player ever to win the award back-to-back, joining legends Jackie Parker, Dieter Brock, Doug Flutie, and Anthony Calvillo. The most outstanding Canadian was no surprise, going to BC Lions quarterback Nathan Rourke. He is only the third QB to ever win the award, along with Russ Jackson and Jerry Dattilio, and is the seventh Lions player to win the award ever. Most outstanding defensive player was very well deserved for Ottawa Red Blacks defensive tackle Lorenzo Molden IV. Molden had a breakout third season in the CFL and first with Ottawa. An all-around beast and the first Red Black to win this award and second Ottawa player to do it after the Rough Riders' Greg Marshall in 1983. In the most outstanding offensive lineman category, it was a fourth time in five years for Bomber star Stanley Bryant. 
Bryant is a guaranteed future Hall of Famer and has now become the first ever four-time winner of this award. One of my personal favorite categories, the Most Outstanding Special Teams Player Award, went to Saskatchewan Rough Riders return man Mario Alford. The Greenville, Georgia native became the 11th player ever to record four return touchdowns in a single season, and only played in 14 games in 2022 for Saskatchewan. I loved the winner of the Most Outstanding Rookie Award. Winnipeg's young receiver Dalton Schoen exploded onto the scene with one of the best rookie seasons in CFL history. The wideout from Kansas State led the league in both receiving yards and touchdowns, the first player since 1988 to do it. Schoen beat out Alouette's rookie Tyson Philpott with 48 first place votes and is the 7th Winnipeg rookie to win the award and first since 2012. The Anastuckus Trophy is the award given out for Coach of the Year, and no one was more deserving than Winnipeg Blue Bombers head coach Mike O'Shea. He once again led the Bombers to the top of the CFL. He is also the first repeat winner of Coach of the Year since Montreal's Charlie Taffy in 1999 and 2000. The Tom Pate Memorial Trophy is a very special award. The CFL Players Association, or CFLPA, gives this award to the player that displays sportsmanship and contributes significantly to both team and community. Edmonton Elks wide receiver Emmanuel Arsenault earned this honor for his work as the leader and mentor of a very young Elks lineup, and he even came out of retirement in 2022 to do it. The Jake Goder Veterans Award is presented to a Canadian player who demonstrates the attributes of Canada's veterans. And the award this year went to Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensive lineman Dan Clark. He suffered a horrific leg and ankle injury in week two that required some very intense and difficult rehab, but he overcame the obstacles and made a late season comeback. The Regina native remained on the sideline with his teammates throughout his entire rehab process. Clark also does community work in Saskatchewan, championing anti-bullying and mental wellness causes. Two very, very important pieces for the community, and Clark's doing an amazing job. The Hugh Campbell Distinguished Leadership Award honors leadership and significant contributions to the CFL, and this one went to BC Lions President Rick Lalasher. Lalasher is retiring as president of the BC Lions and helped transfer the Lions from the estate of David Braley, who passed away in 2020, to new owner Amar Doman and oversaw the substantial attendance spike this year. Lalasher is the first ever two-time winner of this award, also winning it in 2011 as a member of the Edmonton franchise. The Jane Mobby Tribute Award was created in 2019 and given to a CFL employee who works behind the scenes and outside the spotlight. Gail Mund is the award recipient in 2022 and has been the Director of Ticket Operations for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders since 1996. And finally, the CFL Commissioner's Award. And this one's presented annually by the CFL Commissioner, in this case Randy Ambrosi, to the person who made significant contributions to the league. Jeff Harbin is the CFL's manager of officiating and has worked tirelessly for the league for the past 22 years. 
The Bombers were, of course, the big winners of the evening, bringing home four awards, but each and every winner was greatly deserving, and a big congratulations goes out to you all. The head coach's press conference was held on Wednesday morning. It's the annual presser where both coaches are on stage together answering questions from the media. Winnipeg's Mike O'Shea and Toronto's Ryan Dinwiddie both reflected on their own experiences in the CFL having both been players and what it takes to get to the Grey Cup and the type of leadership amongst their teams and what they love most about the league. Both coaches were very complimentary of each other and their respective teams. Contract extension questions were brought up and O'Shea stated he's fully committed to the Bombers. He is in the final year of his contract, but he stated he has faith in himself, his team, and the organization. It's also kind of funny to me that O'Shea played for the Argos while Dinwiddie was a bomber at, the, at one point in their playing days. CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi addressed the media for an hour on Friday morning during the annual State of the League address. During the hour-long discussion, he updated everyone on the pressing issues facing the Canadian game. Ambrosi kicked off by praising the comprehensive off-season review process and spoke to the impact the nine rule changes made, including narrowing of the hash marks. The commissioner said the scoring increased by nearly 20% in 2022, rising by almost a full touchdown to an average of roughly 50 points per game. Touchdowns were up 25% and two and outs decreased by 12%. The league's new Collective Bargaining Agreement, or CBA, was mentioned probably because of the brief work stoppage during training camp. The new seven-year deal between the league and the CFLPA has changes implemented to address fan concerns with roster turnover. The CFL has also implemented measures for not only player safety with more padded practices, but the CFL also implemented a new approach to mental health, which it involves player screening after training camp and having a mental health consultant assigned to each team. On the topic of expansion, Ambrosi said that adding a 10th franchise in expansion remains one of the league's primary focuses. He also said adding a 10th team would assist in potentially moving the start of the season up by almost a month For more information and details on the event, I actually recommend checking out the really good article by 3Down Nation. Grey Cup 109 is finally here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. And now, The Argos and Bombers is a rematch 72 years in the making. The last meeting between the two for Lord Grey's Trophy took place in the infamous Mud Bowl in 1950, eight years before what we know now as the CFL was formed. Toronto is looking to pull off the upset, while Winnipeg is at almost dynasty status by winning a third consecutive title. The Bombers and running back Andrew Harris are both looking to three-peat, though the Toronto running back changed his shade of blue this past offseason. With Harris now with the Argos, the Bombers will be looking to Brady Oliveira. The forecast in Regina looks exactly as you would expect in late November, so the run game is going to be critical, so either side needs to have the run going for success. It will also be Argos starting quarterback McLeod Bethel Thompson's time to shine. He won a championship as Ricky Ray's backup in 2017, but still didn't become a starter himself for another five years. 
I can see why, though, because it depends on what version of him you get. When he's off, he's really bad. But when he's on, he still isn't an elite-level quarterback, but he's, he's okay. On the Bomber side, it's a different story. Zach Caleros is an elite-level quarterback, but the ankle injury can be a concern. The reigning most outstanding player suffered that injury late versus BC. Oddly enough, with only nine teams, a three-peat is next to impossible. The great Warren Moon was the last to do it with the Edmonton <coughs> Eskimos <coughs> in 1978-1982. The Bombers did lose a number of key pieces to the last championship team, but hey, they did add Dalton Schoen. Well, that is it. That is all. The time for talking is done, and it's game time. I just hope for a Rocket Ishmael-esque kickoff return at some point. You can follow us on Instagram at Around the CFL Podcast, and please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts from. I will be back next week after all the dust settles and see who came out on top. We'll see you later. Oh yeah, great cup. <laughs>